World's Finest Podcast, Episode 54. James Doe, and with me as always is the ever-effervescent Michael David Sims. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Really nothing going on on my end, I'm just working a lot, but today's my day off and I'm enjo- I've enjoyed it. So that's why I'm so, that's why I'm in such a chipper mood, I'm just, you know, I, I actually slept till, you know, like 10 o'clock today instead of 4. Uh, yeah, see, my new habit is getting up before 7 o'clock. I don't know what the hell is going on with me. It's like I'm growing up or something, you know? Yeah, that, that was what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to bed at a respectable hour, well, most nights, and I'm getting up at 7, but, like, my shift doesn't start, at, like, until, like, 11.30. So it's like, wait, w- w- why am I getting up so early? Like, I could sleep until, like, 9.30 and still get to work with plenty of time to spare. I, I don't need to be up this early. No, this isn't good. <laughs> Then shall I get to the emails? I think so, yes. Okay, first one today is from Graham, who writes, Hey, Mike and James, I wanted to thank you for answering my questions, and I meant to say some other stuff. In Shadows, when Bruce says that Wayne Powers had an investment in the mall, it makes sense because he may have meant that when Wayne Powers was not owned by Bruce, the company had an investment in the mall. But one big question I have for you is, why is the animation in the Zeta Project complete shit compared to the uh, animation in Batman Beyond? When you watch Countdown, you see the Zeta Project characters in Batman Beyond animation style, and you can tell the difference between the two shows' animation. You can also see that the Zeta Project characters look better in Batman Beyond. Even when you look at the non-important characters in the shows just walking around, the ones in Batman Beyond just have better animation. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's just really... The Zeta Project was... Just so little known. It was a spin-off. It was, I don't really, I can't really offer any excuses for it or anything. But, but yeah, I mean, by and large, the the animation in Batman Beyond was stellar, and not so much in Zeta. Next email is from Ross, who writes, "Hi guys, I'm sending this all the way from Melbourne, Australia, and I can't thank you enough for giving us fans the greatest podcast to ever grace iTunes." Wow. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Um, because of Australia's very stuffed-up DVD system, I've had to import the BTAS, Superman, Batman Beyond, etc., all the way from America. Once I found your podcast, I found myself going back over each episode while listening to your comments. You have pointed out so many new details I never noticed, and it's making the episodes like a whole new show. Keep up the great work, and drag these podcasts on as long as you can, because I never want to finish downloading new episodes. <laughs> and by the way, any idea when Zeta Project's coming out on DVD. Thanks again. Well, in America, uh, the first... Wait, did they do the just the first season? What did they do? Or was it the whole series? I think it was the whole series, but I don't have... I, I haven't bought the DVDs or anything, so... I actually want to say it's just like Volume 1 or Season 1 or something like that, but maybe it is the whole thing. I don't know. But yeah, regardless, um, some or all of Zeta is out on DVD in America. So since you're importing, uh, just go to Amazon and uh, pull it up. It's there. And last one today is from Tim, who writes, Hi, Mike and James. I got my friend Tom hooked on both WFP and Earth2.net, the show. We both can't wait for the 
quote-unquote untitled podcast, but he asked me to ask you guys a question. At the end of WFP, which I know is years down the line, will you have a whole retrospective for the entire DCAU, and will you regrade an episode of each show? Well, before I continue the email, I believe we are going to make episode 100 just, like, the massive overview of all of the DCAU, right? Yes. uh, The final episode of the show will be James and I talking about the DCAU in general. So, yeah, we'll be looking back at everything that led up to that final episode, everything we covered. Um, I can't say right now what we're going to do in that final episode. Um, We might regrade one episode per um, series that we covered. I I don't know. That's a good idea. I like that. But, you know, we're, we're, you know, what, 40 some odd episodes away from that. So we have plenty of time to figure it out. Um, while talking about the end of WFP is depressing, I will lighten the moment with my question. After reading Aaron's reviews about the DCAU tie-in comics, it's great that she's doing them. I am trying to locate them at my local comic store and only got one to two issues. I started looking at chain stores, and the only ones around me are a few called Zaps Comics, and they only had the same or less as the other shop. eBay is too much of a hassle for something I will just read and put in my box in a closet with the rest of my comics and graphic novels. Do you guys know of any other stores where I can get back issues of these comics. I'm primarily interested in the Batman Gotham Adventures comics, which take place in the Justice League JLU years, as I like these the most since the freaking Bat Embargo uh, excluded everything. Please help me, Tim. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I honestly yeah. couldn't tell you. I would say eBay really is your best route. P.S. I know uh, about Mike's current opinion about Smallville, but did either of you catch the season eight finale of Smallville with Doomsday? It sucked ass. I'm sure that next season will most likely be the last, and maybe they can save it if they introduce a young Bruce Wayne or Wonder Woman. That leads me to my final question. I know the Bat embargo uh, lifted briefly after the Batman cartoon ended, but is it back after we got the Dark Knight and Brave and the Bold? After eight freaking seasons, we got Cyborg, Impulse, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Zatanna, and yet no Batman. Hopefully it's for the best, as Smallville has gone to hell in recent years, and we could have received a bat suit with nipples. <laughs> i leave this one to Mike, because I've never seen an episode of Smallville, so Mike, the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not see the season finale of the eighth season. I do not intend to see the finale of season eight. I haven't seen any of season eight at all. Um, I've seen a couple of clips online just to check out Doomsday and stuff like that. I know you're saying it's going to go for a ninth season. Rumor is it's actually going for ten seasons. Um, but we'll see if that happens because I just heard that, uh, Smallville next season will be moved to Fridays and Fridays are usually not a good spot for programs. So who knows? It may just finish up with nine, but, um, what was, what was the question? Oh, Bruce Wayne. Um, I, I don't think we'll ever see Bruce Wayne on Smallville. Is there a problem? Not anymore. We are out of here. Harry? Turns out the kid's camera shy. Wait, I'm sorry. I thought everything was already arranged, that you knew why you were here. We were told you could help find Rose's brother. And we can. We're experts at this. We have researchers across the country. Right, Harry? You said it. Look, I know it can be scary putting yourself in front of all those people, but think about what you have to gain. Isn't it worth the risk? First up today is Rose Reunion. Uh, in this one, Rose goes to a social worker trying to get some information on her brother. Um, but the search turns up absolutely nothing because the person claims that a virus wrecked their computers and they lost a lot of their data. 
But um, she ends up being directed by this person to a show called Sky's the Limit, which is a talk show that specializes uh, specializes in reuniting lost loves. And the producer of this show uh, personally invites her on, but as she is well aware, the advertising of the show with her face plastered all over it would put her right in the crosshairs of the NSA. So Roe has uh, to decide, does she go on the show and assuredly lure the NSA right to her, uh, which would cause her to sever her ties with Zeta forever, or does she sacrifice a chance to see her long-lost brother? Uh, Zeta actually ends up convincing her to go on the show, but the next day, as Roe meets with the show's uh, host, Zeta uncovers a very startling fact. The show is a complete sham. The people on the shows are actors, and the people looking for their loved ones are just being duped and sent back to wherever they came from after the show's producer just gets the ratings he wants. Uh, Zeta goes to tell Roe, but the producer tricks him into a truck and tells some guys to drive him off and convince him not to come back. <laughs> Zeta, of course, manages to escape, but he has to run back to the TV studio on foot. So while the show's being taped, they bring out someone who is very obviously not Roe's brother, uh, though they were unaware that Roe knew what he looked like. Uh, meanwhile, Agent Bennett has set up a, a perimeter inside the studio. And Roe pulls out the picture, and the producer starts to panic because he didn't know she had a picture of him. And then Zeta busts in, runs on stage. He tells the, uh, Roe the truth about the show. The show's host has absolutely no idea what's going on, demands to see the producer. Agent Bennett moves the NSA agents in to storm the stage. Basically, everything is going straight to hell. The agents trap Zeta, but Roe manages to free him as they get outside the studio, and they hide in a crowd of actors using Zeta's uh, holographic uh, disguise and stuff. Back in the studio, the show's host fires the producer and goes on TV to apologize to everybody. She wasn't in on the, the scam that the producer and the social worker were pulling. And she invites all the kids that they wronged to come back on the show so she can personally make things right. And elsewhere, Roe tells Zeta that right now Zeta is the only family she needs. And that's it. I really like this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. I mean, I really like this one. It just had a lot going for it. I thought it had uh, a pretty good plot twist when we found out what the social worker was doing. I liked Zeta telling Ro, this may be your only chance to find your brother and therefore find the rest of your family. And if that means us never being able to be together, that's what it means. And I, I liked him having that kind of emotion. Uh, who, who does Zeta's voice? Do you know the actor's name off the top of your head? Dietrich Bader. Okay. He still played Zeta, still played him robotic, but got these little hints of emotion in Humanity. there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just there under the surface, but it's there nonetheless. So that was working for me. I liked the uh, uh, Rose journey in this one. You know, she's, she's thinking she's going to find her brother. She's getting really excited. Then it's like, oh no, I can't do this. What, you know, the NSA is going to find us. But then after Zeta persuades her, she decides to go on the show, you know, and she's excited when she hears they found her brother and this just keeps going and going. And then when she realizes it's not her brother, it doesn't look like him. This guy's blonde. He's not ginger. His face looks nothing like the guy in the picture. You know, you can just feel her heart breaking and then when we get to the end when she tells Zeta you're all the family I need I think it did a really good job finishing up Rose's story I somehow doubt we're ever going to get back to Rose's family as a plot point so this felt like a good little ending to it uh, near the end of the first season um, and to top it all off, I thought it had some pretty good action. Like when Zeta's hanging off the truck on the highway, 
Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he's got to run back to the studio, and when he gets there, the guards are shooting all their, uh, like, the, the, what, they're shooting ropes at him or something, weren't they? Like, like wires or something? Yeah, they're basically super-powered tasers. Right, yeah. And it just all came together to make a, a pretty intense episode. Uh, what were you thinking? Basically everything you just said. Uh, I couldn't agree more. But um, did you notice that Roe actually said, you suck? I cannot believe they got away with that. I did a double take when I was I was just typing some notes up, and I, uh, and I looked up. I was like, what? <laughs> and I had to rewind it. I was like, no, she didn't just say, you suck. And then Zeta repeated it back to her. I was like, wow, she did. I cannot believe they got away with that. Yeah. Especially because Zeta Project was very clearly aimed at a younger audience. Oh, yeah, definitely. At this point, if there's one cartoon that's clearly geared towards a younger audience in the DCAU, it's this one. And for them to get away with a suck being set on the air in that way is like, whoa, something slipped by the censors. <laughs> Nowadays, you might be able to get away with something like that because I think cart- kids' cartoons, by and large today, are a lot more mature than they used to be. Oh, okay. One thing I, I kind of have to take a little issue with is, and this is, it's the background, uh, the characters in the background, all the, the uh, people in the audience while all this shit's going down, they're doing absolutely nothing. There's no panic or anything. Everybody's just sitting there. There are actually a couple of people in the back with their arms crossed. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's awesome. It's like, okay, there's these federal agents shooting tasers everywhere. You've got things blowing up. Um, people, the show's just been revealed to be a complete you know, bullshit fest. It's... <laughs> And you're just going to sit there and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But that's really the only note I have that's even semi-negative about this episode. Yeah, there really isn't a lot of bad stuff to say about this one. I'd have to, you know what, let me let me look at my scores. Let me bring them up real quick. Um, I'm not going to say what uh, I've scored this one yet. Obviously, we're going to save that for the end. But this may be the one I'm going to score the highest so far. Um, yeah, looking at my scores, it looks like it's going to be. That's how much I was digging this episode. Yeah, I gotta say, even before we get to the next four episodes, I think, by and large, most of the episodes we have today are pretty good. Um, there's two that I'm going to take issue with. Yeah, I, I, I think we're probably thinking of the same two, but the other three are at least solid, if not very good. Now, I have to say this. Maybe it's because I had just heard it for the first time, but when Zeta was, quote-unquote, saving the woman from the fire, which, of course, ends up being... They're on a movie studio, so it's part of a film shoot. While he was doing that, I was hearing the Christian Bale Terminator rant. Oh, God, I forgot all about that. I I don't remember anything that he said about it, or in it, but, yeah. I, I never heard it until the day I watched this episode. Somehow, like, I knew it had happened, but I never actually sought out the audio to hear what he said. So, for whatever weird reason, I'm like, I'm going to check this out today. And uh, then there's this whole thing about this guy ruining uh, someone's shoot, and it was just all connecting in my brain, and I was hearing the rant over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the actress started yelling at Zeta. When she's like, what are you doing? You're ruining this. Do you think I want to be in this smoke all day long? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need a, whatever she said, a perm or yeah. a complexion. That was it. Yeah, yeah. We do have to bring up 
one slight negative about this one. Uh, Sky is voiced by Cree Summer, yes. who also voiced um, she of whom we do not speak from Batman Beyond. <laughs> I know. The second I heard her, I was like, no! No, please! I just don't need the memories! <laughs> She's still a great voice actress. She just has that one horrible blemish on her ring. <laughs> Because it was it was the same voice. It was the same yeah. exact voice. Yeah, she didn't even was. try to be different. And I just wish she, she had tried to be different there. Uh, I think the last thing I want to bring up about this one, and this is something we're going to see throughout the episodes we're going to talk about today. Um, Zeta has an arm cannon, a laser. Have we seen that before? I don't think so. He's had his saw. He has the little hand laser, which replaced the little arm that came out of his side to repair himself. But this is actually an arm-mounted laser, and they use it several times throughout these episodes, and I believe this is the first one we've seen it in, at least since Batman Beyond. And I'm like, when did this come back, and why is it there if he's not supposed to be, you know, Mr. Assassin Droid anymore? I have no idea. This doesn't look like your work. Your devices are more elegant. Thank you. Somebody recognizes the true genius in the family. This junk's mom and dad's. Got as good inventors as they were parents. Don't do this. Don't touch that. No sulfuric acid at the dinner table. That's the theme song. They appear to have had affection for you. Whatever. So if we're done with the dysfunctional trip down memory lane, maybe you'll get to why you dragged us here. This was the latest crackpot idea, the genome reversal generator. And in English, that would be... Anti-aging. Techno fountain of youth stuff. Point is, guess who hired them to build it? My old buddy, Dr. Tanner. The man who stole your inductance controller? Yeah, of course, as usual, mom and dad messed something up. And the machine doesn't work. Now Tanner's holding him hostage to make me come and fix it. Oh, now I get it. Have fun. Send us an email. Ro? What? Why should we help? He just said he doesn't really care about them. I don't. It's just that I don't want Tanner stealing anything of mine. Parents, old socks, anything. See? How would you feel if you knew your family was in trouble? Ooh, that is low. Next up is Kid Genius. Gee, I wonder who this episode might be about. Yeah, I know. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, yeah. uh, Bucky's back, and uh, it turns out... I, I'm just going to give this an extremely short synopsis. I don't want to spend any fucking time on this episode. Bucky's back, and his parents have been abducted by... Uh, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, shit, I don't remember. Okay, the, 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 the douche... Yeah, the douchebag scientist project leader or whatever from the first episode that Bucky appeared in. Uh, he's, he's kind of abducted them or whatever because Bucky's parents, who are also scientists, uh, but nowhere near as smart as him, he'll be the first to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they were working on a machine that would... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That would re-energize the human genome, and this would lead to uh, de-aging. Uh, so even though he doesn't give a shit about his parents, he still persuades 
uh, Ro and Zeta, I almost said Zoe and Rada, to <laughs> help him get his parents back. Um, once they find his parents, it turns out that their machine does work, but a little too well. Um, it's actually turning these people who are in their 50s or later into children. Obviously, they don't want that. They want to be turned into their 20s, 30s, maybe even their 40s. So Bucky has to, Bucky, Zeta, and Roe, that is, they have to save all these kids who should be adults, uh, get them away from this resort, which involves lizard monster men. Uh, I thought there were eight monster men. Uh, they looked maybe they were apes. They looked like lizards to me, though. Uh, they look like little dino, like dinosaur people. I, I don't know. And they have to find a way to get all these adults back to their, uh, or these adults turned children back to their adult form. Christ on a stick! This episode sucked so hard. Oh my god! Absolutely nothing in this episode made any sense whatsoever. Nothing. It was boring. And, for fuck's sake, why did they keep bringing Bucky back? And really, why were Ro and Zeta even in this episode? Yeah, it's a they Bucky ha- episode. They don't need Ro and Zeta. Ro did absolutely nothing. Yeah, she sat in a chair with her feet on a console for like five minutes. She just sat there refusing to do anything. You know, it, it's not like they just forgot about the character. No, they remembered to put the character in the scene and gave her lines saying, yeah, I'm not going to do anything. I don't even know what to say about this episode, because it, nothing made any sense, and... The plot confused the hell out of me in that nothing ever led anywhere. There was no resolution. Yeah. All the old people stayed children. Yeah. The whole point of the episode was for Bucky to get in there, fix the machine, and re-age the children into adults. But at the end, they're still all kids, and all of the adults, except for Bucky's parents are on a completely different transport than Ro, Zeta, and Bucky. They're still stuck with the with the douchebag project leader guy. Oh, and, and here's another thing. If that machine was supposed to turn these adults you know, younger, but it ended up really working, like you said, too well, and it turned them into children, shouldn't have that Ray have turned Bucky's parents when it hit them a second time into, I don't know, sperm? <laughs> well... Ro kind of makes that joke. As they're getting turned into smaller and smaller children, they're just giggling. They think this is funny. And she says, at least they'll go out happy. Or is that go in? Eh? 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 That's the only thing I will give this episode right there, is that one I believe line. I missed that. Yeah, it was brilliant. And the whole premise is that this douchebag scientist has kidnapped his parents or held them hostage or something. How? It really? How? They they never explain how he they how the dude is holding them hostage. They like there this this episode has no plot whatsoever. Uh, one thing I, I did notice, and you noticed the whole line about going in or going out. Um, the thing that I noticed about this episode, they actually have interstate signs that say Area Fifty One ahead. Yeah. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, this show is 60-some-odd years in our future, so maybe it's been decommissioned and is a tourist attraction in the Batman Beyond corner of the DCAU. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Getting back to the nonsensicality of this episode. Okay, this is how it starts. Zoe 
Zoe and Rada. I did it again. (laughs) Ro and Zeta are on, like, I don't know, they're in a car on a motorcycle or something. And they're driving along, and it, you know, it gets remote controlled by someone. We quickly find out it's Bucky uh, because the bike pulls up in front of Bucky's house. And he comes out, and he's like, hey, you got to help me find my parents. I don't like them, but you got to help me find my parents. Well, why should we help you if you don't like them? Um, well, because, uh, hmm, hmm, uh, let's see. How can we write ourselves out of this corner? Because I, he shouldn't have anything that belongs to me. Or yeah, yeah, mom. that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, I don't want him having anything that belongs to me, not even my parents. So, Zeta is actually the one who says, okay, we'll, we'll help you out. Ro doesn't want anything to do with this. That explains why she's sitting around later doing nothing. Well, once they get to the facility... Bucky flips out because he sees his parents. Now, this is before they've become children. He sees a video of his parents shilling this resort with this laser beam. And he gets all mad that they're salesmen. Oh, how dare they be salesmen. Then all of a sudden, he's like, I don't I don't want to save them anymore. And she's like, uh, Rose all like... Yeah, but, oh, fuck, it, it, it goes topsy-turvy. Because Bucky says something like, I didn't make you come. And th- they don't even reference the fact that, yeah, you did make them come by remote controlling their bike. It's so confusing, I can't even keep it straight in my head. Yeah, you know? That's just a microcosm of this whole episode. Yeah, I- I'm trying to explain this scene and I can't do it because it just, it, it literally hurt my head as I was watching it. I was like, What? It's like they forgot what they wrote in the previous scene. I mean, what this single episode boils down to is this. This is a bad, 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 bad Saturday morning cartoon. You know, we've got these monster men, be they lizard or ape or whatever they are. we got them running around. We have little kids running around pulling shenanigans. We have another little kid, but who's older than them, trying to find them and learning what it's like to be an adult. So there's the moral of the story. You know, we've got bad jokes on top of bad jokes. We've got terrible action. We have mud being shot into people's faces. We have an ineffectual villain. Uh, and I'm reluctant to call him a villain, his his penance is that he has to be in a transport vehicle at the end with one of these monster men and a dozen kids. Oh, no. And the episode ends with, I hate children. I mean, seriously, this was either, as I said, a bad, 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 bad Saturday morning cartoon or one of those crappy direct-to-video four kids movies like Baby Geniuses 7. Oh, yeah. There was nothing original besides that one line about this episode. <laughs> That's another thing I, I, can't, I can't stand this episode for is the villain, quote-unquote, uh, and his punishment, quote-unquote. The dude was actively trying to kill several people. <laughs> uh, and nobody you know, arrests him or anything. But the, you know, it goes back to Bucky not being arrested the first time we saw him. Since it's very clearly trying to uh, at least maim the douchebag scientist guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and what I want to know is, okay, at first I was wondering where he got his funding. If he was so discredited, who was going to back him? But then they reveal that he had some sort of shady investors. But that was covered in like a 10-second scene, and they never came back to it. They show up out of nowhere on this computer screen, and I'm thinking, who are these two? Yeah, all they say is that 
they've invested like 29 million credits or they're 29 million credits in the hole or whatever. And this better come through and start turning a profit. But it's like, who are you? Who? <laughs> because they seriously looked like your typical Batman Beyond Zeta Project's corner street thugs. Yep. Like, where are they getting money and why are they backing a scientist? Look, I'm just saying, Selig might not be thrilled that one of his killer robots has been stalking him. I have to risk it. He's the one person who can prove I'm not a threat. And next up today is the final episode of Season 1, called Absolute Zero. In this one, Ro and Zeta go to a cryogenics lab to finally speak to Dr. Selig. And Zeta's plan, if you want to call it that, is to disguise himself as another scientist, Dr. Wilhelm, who is meeting Selig later that day. Well, Zeta just keeps his normal human disguise and puts on a lab coat uh, and finally confronts Selig, and they, they kind of chat briefly, but it's not about anything that Zeta would want to talk about. It's just, like, about the cryo stuff and whatnot. Well, um, unfortunately, the real Dr. Wilhelm shows up eventually, and the security guards just start indiscriminately blasting away at everything inside the lab, uh, despite the real Wilhelm's pleas for them to not do it. Um, and what ends up happening is the doors to this lab uh, shut to keep any contaminant chemicals from escaping the room and uh, poisoning people outside. Um, and Selig actually ends up getting trapped in a cryogenic tube and is frozen completely solid. And Zeta has to end up electronically con- to, he has to electronically control the tube's stasis to keep the, the temperature steady, or Selig would uh, in- pretty much die on the spot. And Meanwhile, Agent Bennett receives orders from one of his commanding officers to sit this capture mission out. Um, well, Bennett agrees, but he, he just plans to go after Zeta anyway. Um, he also really lays into Agent Lee at this point before he walks off on his own. Um, well, back at the cryos, uh, cryogenic lab, the tube starts to break down that's holding uh, Dr. Zelig, and Zeta has to actually break it open and unleash these really dangerous chemicals into the room and try to keep him alive with his uh, internal heat uh, engine, or whatever it's called. Well, he manages to save Selig's life, but his eyes are closed all the time. He, he's just he's absolutely exhausted from, you know, all this shit that's happened to him. And as the, you know, the building's employees break back into the building to try and capture Ro and Zeta, and the military arrives too, followed by the NSA, and, uh, you know, Ro and Zeta do their usual uh, escape-by-the-skin-of-their-teeth routine, and... Uh, Bennett is reamed by his superior, and Agent Lee actually quits the NSA. And Ro and Zeta get on a bus out of town. So that's where it ends. What were you thinking about this one? I like this one, I think. I think that the uh, the Agent Lee resignation was a little rushed, but it was still good. I mean, they, they at least they didn't forget that they were building that character up. Yeah, I think I would have liked one more episode with her. You know, we saw her let uh, Zeta and Ro get away in the one with that mm-hmm. cyborg bounty hunter guy. Um, which is clearly referenced here. I mean, they don't say, you know, hey, you let them get away, but, you know, Bennett does say, oh, your robot friend. And so you know he's referencing that, but I would have liked her, I would, I would have, I wish she would have done one more thing after that, which, um, I don't know, where she just saved Zeta one more time, or she just got in Bennett's face about it, because she never really got in his face. You know, at the end here, she does have, you know, 
a couple of words for him, but I really would have liked it if she just really just stood up for herself and been like, look, look at everything he's done. And you want to tell me that this guy's a terrorist? Are you off your rocker? You know, I would have liked something like that, but still it was nice seeing them have this continuity with this pretty much a background character. And they did it with the last episode of the season. So at least they built up to something relatively big. And and she will come back as as we'll see in a later episode that we're covering today. What about you? What do you think about the episode? Um, you know, I, I wasn't crazy about this one. Um, well, frankly, after Kid Genius, you could only go up. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. This one. Okay, it had some great opening action, I thought. But then we get into the episode. And it, it just didn't live up to its potential because they make it seem like Zeta's finally going to get some answers. And then he and Ro just stand around for 12 minutes in a room while Zeta is jacked into some giant metal canister. And they watch a vid screen as the guards are trying to break into the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it. That was. Certainly boring, I, I'd definitely give you that. And I have to wonder why the lab would have a video screen in there that is tapped into the building surveillance system. You know, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. <laughs> you could say maybe Zeta did something to it so they could watch what was going on, but it was really like, really? The, the research lab would have access to the security cameras. Um... No, I think they should be paying attention to other things. <laughs> My big gripe, of course, is the security guards just, like I said, indiscriminately blasting away inside this very fragile lab where where all kinds of dangerous chemicals are flowing throughout. <laughs> and the, the, the doctor's like, stop, don't do that, and they yeah. keep doing it. <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I really just wish this one could have been a, a good episode where Zeta got to talk with Dr. Selig. Wait, Selig? Selig. Selig. Selig, yeah. Yeah. Just just got to talk to him and find out a little bit about his, you know, his roots. And yeah, I know that doesn't make for exciting television, but there's ways around that. The NSA gets involved. They think they've kidnapped the doctor. They still could have made it a, a, a good episode or a better episode with some talking heads. It certainly would have been better than this, what we got, because, like you said, it was just them sitting in a room for 12 minutes. Yeah, that, that, that's really it. If you people haven't seen this one, that is it. We're not exaggerating. No, you know what? There is, okay, there is some okay action at the end, too, where Zeta decides he has to break open the canister, that, that, the canister, you know, the, the stasis chamber, and he's freezing, and he doesn't know if he's going to uh, be affected by these chemicals, and then when he comes out, he's glowing red or orange from his heating element. That, that's all cool. It's just everything that happens between the opening action and that scene there, it's a whole lot of nothing. Just standing around going, oh no, he's still in the stasis chamber. Oh, look, he's still in there. <laughs> the security guards are like, can we get in the building yet? No. Can we get in now? Maybe. Wait, no. Oh, wait, wait we're in. Oh, wait, no, there's there's more doors to go through. Okay. Oh, back to Zeta. Is, is, he, is he dead? Nobody's getting there. Oh, no. Uh -huh. That's it. Whoa, whoa. 
Can't believe I'm happy to see you. You're three kids, right? Major tech geeks? You're one to talk. Anyway, they're the ones who jammed my signal. But when they did, I got a read on their bandwave and started poking around for who they were. Other kids knew about them from a chat room. They're tech thieves, bro. They want to strip Zeta for parts. <gasps> Z. And another thing you should know. About one of them named Bus, he has kind of a... Next up is the two-part episode called Wired. In this one, Ro and Zeta, they are being chased by the NSA. And uh, while, the thought. Yeah, while they're being chased, they are talking to Bucky, of all people. And uh, he's trying to give them some information. I, I don't even remember what. And uh, while that's going on, their feed to Bucky is cut, and these three, uh, I don't want to call them teenagers, maybe they're in their 20s, but these three rebels, uh, or they claim to be rebels, uh, come up, they attack the NSA transport, causing it to crash, and they tell Zeta and Ro, hey, come with us, because uh, we want to help you. Uh, when they get back to their little hideout, uh, what they say they do is that they steal technology from, you know, like companies in the government, I think, and they turn around and they give it to the little guy. So they seem to be Robin Hoods of technology. And uh, uh, th it also turns out that they're fans of Zeta and Ro. Um, big fans. Uh, one of them wears uh, the same shirt as Ro. Um, and there's another one who dresses up as if he's a robot. Um, the only one who doesn't appear to be insane is the female leader of the group. Um, well, what happens is uh, Zeta ends up staying behind with the woman and the wannabe robot guy as Ro goes off with the chubby guy who has her same T-shirt. Uh, they're going back to his parents' place, because the geeky fat guy who lives with his parents, that's not a cliche. Um, why do they Why do they go back to his place? I don't remember why they split up there. Do you remember? Uh, I don't. Uh, it, something about information gathering, maybe? Yeah, but yeah, so they go back to his place. Uh, when Ro gets there, she sees all these pictures on his wall of her. So this freaks her out a little. Um, and it turns out that something fishy's going on. Uh, he ends up uh, holding her hostage in his room. Uh, when we cut back to Zeta with the other two, um, they knock Zeta out, and it turns out they're going to take him apart and uh, scavenge him. Um, the NSA get involved. How does the NSA get involved? They trace the... Uh the oh, the, bikes, the, the, right? viper, the vapor trail or something from the bikes, right? right? Yeah. Uh, so the NSA shows up to the little town. They, they, they find the general area that the hideout is in. Uh, Ro is eventually able to escape her chubby captor. And uh, as she's leaving the house, she bumps into the NSA. So she can't go that way. If she turns around, she's going to be caught by this guy again. Back in the house, uh, Zeta has been pretty much dismantled, but he's been able to get himself partially back together. Um, he's able to escape. He and Roe get together. They're fleeing on a motorcycle. The, the, the fat guy who is in love with Roe, he ends up grabbing Roe off the motorcycle uh, just in the nick of time because the NSA, they shoot the motorcycle and Zeta with some sort of like stasis beam bomb thing. Um, and then they pull him up into their transport unit and they have their hands on him. That's the end of the first part. In the second part, 
um, Roe has to bust into the NSA headquarters to try to get Zeta back. And what's going on in there is that Bennett is interrogating Zeta, saying, you know, who who stole you, who reprogrammed you, you know, who made you this, you know, free-thinking, old-lady-saving hippie, you. And uh, Zeta's like, no one did this shit to me. While they're scanning him, they find this component in him. Zeta didn't know it was there. The NSA didn't know it was there. It's not on his schematics. So everybody's like, what is this? So Zeta starts to question if maybe he has been reprogrammed. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to get information out of him, but it's just not happening. So Bennett says, you know what? Mind wipe him. So they do it. They appear to mind wipe him, uh, but he's able to escape. The way he's able to do that is um, he seems to revert back to his normal programming, and he sees the NSA agents as threats, so he's able to rip himself off the thing he's attached to. He goes on a rampage, uh, meets back up with Roe. Uh, when he sees her, uh, his memory is jogged and that'll get explained in a second here and uh he and roe uh they, they they make their escape from the nsa facility and uh once they're uh, away and safe uh zeta reveals that what he did was as they were erasing one part of his brain he would like take the data shift it into a new sector and then uh when they were coming to that sector he would put it back into the part that had just been erased. Uh, so he was tricking the NSA into thinking his brain had been erased. But um, in the process of doing that, he got confused. His programming got mixed up a little, and that's why he went on that little rampage of his. Um, is there anything I missed out on that one? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, oh, you know what? There was one thing. They say that Dr. Selig, he uh, has gone into hiding because they still think that Zeta was trying to kill him. That someone sent Zeta after him to terminate him. Uh, so it's going to be harder for Zeta to find his maker. Thoughts? Got a question for you, Mike. Yeah. Remember, uh, I don't know if it was last episode of WFP. I think it was. Where you said that uh, Agent West knows how to do his job? Yeah. Not so much. No. <laughs> what? the fuck did they do to that guy in this in this two-parter? Uh-huh. <laughs> Every time he's on screen, he screws something up. I really thought that they were actually going to lead up to something with all this shit that they were putting Wes through. I thought, you know, okay, they're, they're going overboard with the useless factor here. It's got to lead to something at the end where he actually helps somebody or, you know, even helps Roe and Zeta get away, even if unwittingly. Um, no. He was an utter waste of time, and he was just filler through, throughout both episodes. He did nothing of note. That pissed me off so much, because it was clear that they were just using him to waste time, because they couldn't fill out the rest of the episode with the, the Zeta mind wipe stuff. But, that said, the animation was great. I don't know if they changed animation studios, but it was a lot better in this episode than we'd seen in any of the previous uh, 13 episodes. Yeah, they seem to have slightly new models for Zeta and Roe, too. Zeta, when he was in his uh, natural state, uh, was actually a little shiny. Um, his his coloring was a little different. He was a different kind of gray. But, you know, it's, it's the first, you know, two episodes of the new season, so it makes sense that they would go all out animation-wise. What do you think about the episode? I think, overall... 
it's an okay story. I like what they were doing with Zeta, giving him a new motivation to try to find out what this chip in his head is. And, you know, I, I liked, the, the, you know, what they were doing where they were like, well, has he been reprogrammed? Has he been tampered with? And it's going to give him sort of an, uh, like a, an inner crisis that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of the season, or at least I hope that's where they're going with that. You know, it sort of lays the groundwork there. But that's the second part. You know, the first part was just really stupid and pointless. Yep. Seriously, this could have been a one-part episode. You know how the first part started where they were shooting those stasis bombs or whatever at Zeta and Roe? Yep. You could have lost everything after that leading up to the end of the episode. They simply could have had, like, the first shot knock Roe off the bike... The second shot captured Zeta. Boom. The NSA has Zeta. We lose everything about these hacker kids or whatever they're doing and the, the stuff with the fat guy and the, the robot guy. We lose all that. And you, you then move into what was the second episode. Basically, the whole first episode was filler. And I think if that first episode hadn't been there or if it had been considerably stronger, this would get a, a higher grade from me. But as it is, I, I just can't give this one a, a, a good grade at all. Yeah, especially that fat slob guy. Ooh, that guy was just slimy. And I know you had to have been getting the same vibe I was getting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With the pictures of Roe all over his wall, uh, if I were Roe, I'm getting the fuck out of there as soon as I see that. Yeah, she had plenty of opportunity to leave. He was sitting there rummaging through, I don't know, his cabinets or whatever, looking for that staff that he had. And it was like, uh, Ro, leave. Leave now while he's not looking. Not when he has a chance to get up and stop you. I mean, granted, the guy was bumbling. He was as bumbling as Agent West. We have to admit that. So he wasn't ever a real threat to her. And I think they did that because they didn't want to imply that he was going to rape her or do anything to her at all but still the creepy factor is there and it does put the images into your head now speaking of west again I, this episode i think it was yeah it was the first episode when they're still up on that mountain and they they're the nsa's hovercraft had been uh knocked knocked out of commission uh, bennett tells that new agent to uh take west with him or with her rather and she says, I'll move faster without him. So will we. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Why is this guy still hired? Why yeah. does he still have a job? Yeah. yeah, There's no more excuses. You cannot make any more excuses for this guy. He should have been fired like two months ago. Uh, one thing I, I did really, really like about this episode was the way that they explained how Zeta regained his memories. Yeah, that was uh, clever. Shifting, yeah, it really was. Shifting the memories to this thing and then shifting it right back. That was really very clever. Yeah, uh, like I said, I mean, the second episode, and that's in the second episode, is, is a good episode, but it's brought down by its first part. And since yep. we can't look at them separately because they do form one story... This part two has to be affected by part one. It does. One moment. What? The site was slow, so I checked for other activity. There's a flurry of orders being placed, including one for IU-7 salvaged parts. So Bennett's finally putting Humpty together again. Humpty? Just go on. 
It's not Bennett. The deliveries have been authorized by IU7's own access code from the home computer of someone named Jason Foley. IU7 is rebuilding himself. We have to stop him. Whoa, whoa. I know I'm wasting my breath here, but this thing almost destroyed you. Twice! Running away, not toward, would be smarter. Jason Foley is 11 years old, and IU7 is rebuilding himself in his home. This boy is in danger. And lastly up today is Resume Mission. A kid named Jason has gotten his hands on a box full of electronic scrap from a hospital. His father somehow got a hold of it and brought it home for him so he could just play with it or whatever he wanted to do with it because the kid is he's like a junior scientist. And uh, lo and behold, it is none other than the remnants of the IU-7. <laughs> um, the IU-7 actually starts to rebuild itself um, and send out orders through Jason's computer for new parts. And like literally every five minutes, a new truck is bringing something into some package to their house for... Uh, for this, for the IU-7, though, you know, Jason's father doesn't know that that's what it's for, and the kid doesn't even know really what's going on with it. It's completely doing this on its own. Well, Zeta and Roe are in a, one of the Groundwire cafes nearby, and Zeta notices on the net of all these massive orders that if some, there's somehow it's tied with the NSA. They, or he thinks that the NSA is making a bunch of orders, but it turns out that they're that he finds out that they're coming from this ha- this house in suburbia, and um, he he figures out that it, it, that if the IU seven is back, he's got to stop it. Especially since there's this unwitting kid trapped by it. Um, so they go back to the house, or they go to the house and sneak in, and Zeta engages the thing. But the IU seven junked and all rips Zeta in half at the midsection and just leaves it. Uh, leaves him there, and he goes off to get the uh, final piece he ordered, which was a mounted plasma cannon. He wasn't able to get it because of uh, the police blocking the street off, and no, no delivery trucks could get through to get him this thing. And So it goes off to the secondary place where, uh, I guess, where his father would have it shipped if he couldn't have it shipped directly to the house. Um, well, the IU-7 takes the kid... Uh, so he can d- uh, direct him to this place, which is uh, his father's garage. And But Ro and Zeta act- uh, end up tracking him down because Zeta is able to reform himself with uh, his little usual deal where he recovers severed limbs, uh, including an entire torso. They get to the garage, and then Zeta and IU-7 start fighting again. And IU- the IU-7 traps Zeta with a forklift, a forklift of randomness, you might say. <laughs> oh, how many of our listeners are going to get that reference? Seriously. Anybody who's on the oratory. <laughs> I had to say it. I know you had to say it, and I also have to point out that, like, <laughs> very, very, very small percentage are going to get that r- reference. Oh, Jesus. But it's for those people. Okay, okay. <laughs> but anyway, Zeta pulls the, the CPU out of the IU-7's chest, which shuts it down immediately, and and the NSA agents pour into the garage, including eight, uh, Agent Lee. Now, this I don't really understand, but I guess we'll get into that in a second. But Agent Lee ends up coming in, and she acknowledges the disguised Zeta and Roe, and just tells them to you know get out of there before they're caught, and you know she'll cover for them. And that's where it ends, right where it ends. Okay, think about when Agent Lee and the quote-unquote NSA agents come in. They're dressed as the police officers are. She's running, she's doing something. We don't know what yet, but she's doing something 
uh, underneath the nose of Bennett. She's trying to swoop in before he can get the IU-7 and before he can uh, try to capture Zeta and Roe. Because she says, get out of here, the NSA is coming. Or Bennett's coming, or something like that. So yeah, she's part of a whole new organization, or maybe she started something up herself. But yeah, they I know they say the NSA, I know it's a little confusing, but if you look at the way they're dressed, they're dressed like the cops and not the NSA. I noticed that. I was like, well, maybe there's some other organization. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to see where this new plot line goes with Agent Lee, because I thought she was done. I thought, you know, she resigned and that was it. So when I realized it was her, because I actually realized it was her before she took off her helmet, because you could see a little bit of her skin, you could see her jaw, and you could see her hair, and it was all mm-hmm. Agent Lee's design, and I was like, oh my god, she's back! Cool! You know, and then when she took off the helmet, and, you know, revealed she knew that it was Ada and Roe, and I was like, get out of here, I was like, all right, we're, we may, that may lead to an Agent Lee, Agent Bennett uh, uh, confrontation before th- before we're done with Zeta. So I, I was really digging the way this one ended. I mean, I really sat up in my chair and was like, shit, yeah, I'm excited now. Um, but besides that, what, what else were you thinking about this one? Well, I do have a problem with uh, the hospital thing, the whole the, where the father brings home these parts. You're telling me that this hospital took the remnants from the IU fucking seven and just threw them away? Okay, because they said what happened was that the NSA showed up, collected the parts... And left. So, what, the NSA only collected the parts they thought that were for the IU-7? No. The NSA would have shown up and collected every nut and bolt and piece of dust in that room, whether it was IU-7, whether it was for that ultra-powerful MRI or whatever it was, or anything, anything. They weren't going to leave behind a single scrap. But it was convenient for this plot, so that's what they did. And... If you can get past that, I think the episode's pretty solid. But I could see that being a sticking point. But, um, again, if you can get past that, I love this fight between IU-7 and Zeta. Hell yes. And I love the new design of IU-7. It's the old design, but he's all frankenstein Yes. It's like, oh, shit, and he's still intimidating, even though he's got, like... You know, his chest cavity isn't completely closed, and he looks all stitched up. Oh, he looks awesome. Yeah, I think he looks even more intimidating that he's he's scrapped together like that. <laughs> yeah. I totally had an Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk flashback there. Thank you. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was picking up on that. I mean, when IU-7 just lifts him up over his head and just rips him in half, it's like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was the first thing I thought of. I was like, hmm, I wonder if Damon Lindelof, who is the, the writer of uh, that that uh, miniseries, I was like, I wonder if he watched this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just off, you know, an off-the-wall comment. I felt sorry for the poor little delivery droid. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just doing its job, and IU-7 knocks his head off, and then when it's writhing on the ground and twitching, IU-7 just punts it out the door. <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell you, I felt worse for the second delivery droid. The one he drove the car through? He's just going along, just plows into this thing, crashes it into a wall, and then this puddle of oil just starts seeping out underneath. And they hold this shot for like 10 or 15 seconds. And I'm like, oh my god, they're trying to invoke blood in this scene and sympathy for this robot, and it's sort of working. (laughs) It did. It did. It was brutal. And it was just... 
was just a car crushing a robot. Normally you don't think twice about that, but just the fact that they held it and the way the oil was coming out, like, that got a point right there. That seriously boosted this up one whole point. And similarly, I, I just love the fact that the IU-7 can order a plasma cannon through the mail, and and that they go, like, it's basically like, sorry we couldn't deliver your ultra-deadly plasma cannon. You can pick it up somewhere else, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Even if, you know, you try to justify it by saying he can order parts for himself because he has NSA clearance and he has that cred card like Zeta does, um, you still think someone would be overseeing that. (laughs) You really think so. Somebody had to put it in that box. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I should uh, point out that, of course, you are correct that IU-7 is uh, the brave and the bold Batman. Um, I think you mentioned that in the last episode, and I was like, mm, I don't know, I thought it was Kevin Conroy, and uh, when I went back to get the sound clips uh, for episode 53, I noticed it, and I didn't have a chance to tell you, and when IU7 popped back up in this one, I was reminded of it, so yes, you're absolutely right, because it slips through from time to time, I mean, mostly he sounds robotic, but every now and then you hear that Batman voice there. I mean, Diedrich Bader is also Zeta, so... Oh, okay, yeah. But... I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think I had another note. Oh, yeah. This was just kind of weird. Zeta got knocked down by a computer chair. Yeah. Yeah. What was up with that? <laughs> like, dude, you're supposed to be this ultra-tough robot, and a chair knocks you over? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can survive this cryogenic death freeze, but... <laughs> Not, but you get knocked over by a chair. Yeah. Well, I guess it, it happened to Batman. I guess it's got to happen to Zeta. <laughs> uh, do you want to say anything else about this one? I feel we should keep talking about this one. This was, wasn't a bad episode. I don't want to change this one. Yeah, it was a good episode, but it was a lot of action. There was more action in this episode than I think pretty much any of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, the plot is sort of thin with this one, but that's not a bad thing. This is an episode that can get away with a thin plot because it's meant to be an ultra-action episode and not a deep story episode. It really is IU-7 fixes himself thanks to the unwilling help of a little boy. Uh, He resumes his mission to try to destroy Zeta. They fight. The end. But like I said, that's a good thing. That's what this story needed to be. Yeah, I mean, if this was the final confrontation between Zeta and the IU-7, it did a damn good job of it. Um, it did a very good job of it. The only reason I'm a little hesitant to say it was a damn good job is because of the way Zeta beat the IU-7. I thought it was a little, um, easy, where it's just like, oh, I'll just reach in and grab this, you know, computer chip. Thank you! Like, um, okay... You know, I mean, with the way he got destroyed in the last episode, it was sort of anticlimactic. Yeah, to just that's see true. him fall <laughs> over after his motherboard got pulled out. <laughs> but you know, the fight leading up to that final moment—excellent, excellent work they did. It's just—I don't know—I wanted another explosion or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that kind of actually—I actually have to question that chip even still functioning since it went through that fucking electromagnet. I just literally thought of that right now. That's a good point. I might have to take a point off for that. (laughs) That's a very good point. Oh, I can't even find a way to justify that. Uh, Do you want to get on to our scores then? Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Okay, what do you want to give Rose Reunion? Uh, I'll give that an 8. That's exactly what I'm going to give that. And I think, again, let me do... I know it's the highest score for me, and I'm 99% sure it was also the highest score from you so far. Uh, 
Okay, speaking of highs, let's speak of lows. Kid Genius. Uh, one or two, one or two, one or two. Uh, I'm going to give it a one. <clears throat> baby chest. <laughs> <laughs> don't give baby chest on WP, sir. Oh, it's a zero, then. This is a, I don't care how good that one line was. At least they'll go out happy, or is that in? I, I'm sorry, that is not worthy of a point. I'm actually very surprised you gave that gave that a zero. Really? You're very, very reticent on giving zeros. Yes. So. Um, okay, let me go through. I've given... Okay, Once Burned was a zero from me. Um, sorry, I'm looking at my list here. Terrible Trio was zeros from both of us, wasn't it? Or did we give that ones? Do you remember? We definitely gave Terrible Trio zero. That's the episode by which all others are measured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, we, we both gave that zeros. So, yeah, I, I don't give them out that often. And, I mean, you don't even give them out that often. I mean, how many have you given out? Terrible Trio and... I don't remember if I gave Mean Seasons a zero because I remember I regraded. Yeah. But I don't remember if I did give it a point five or a zero. So Okay, I'm trying to look real quick here. Prototype got a one... Oh shoot! What was Mean Seasons? What, what what show was that? That was Gotham Knights. In your regrade, you gave it a point five, and initially that means you must have given it a zero. You did. So yeah, we we don't give them out that often, but sometimes you know what people they're fucking deserved, and this is one of those times where it's fucking deserved. Um, so absolute zero. What are you gonna give this one? I'm gonna give it a five. Uh, you sure about that? You seem a little hesitant. I'm not asking you to change your grade. I'm just saying, are you sure? I'm I'm going to stick with a five. It it seemed pretty pretty average. Okay, uh, I'm going to give that one a four. Uh, wired. I'll give this one a four, and of course, strictly because of the second episode. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a five again. I, I really think this could have been a seven if that first episode had been a lot better or just non-existent. Um, but. As is, they both have to be graded, and together they get a five from me. So that leaves us with Resume Mission. Resume Mission, I will give a seven. And I'm agreeing with you on that. I can't do it. We should have blown this town already. If I show my face on that show tomorrow, Bennett will be all over me. That's no reason to stop. I can hide until the coast is clear. Don't you get it? There is no till the coast is clear. Once Bennett gets his sights on me, he'll be watching me day and night, hoping I'll lead to you. We'll never be able to see each other again. I would miss you, but I can't stand in the way. This is your chance to find your family, Ro. You wouldn't have to run anymore. But... You have to do this. You suck, you know that? Suck? Forget it. Feedback in the form of emails and MP3s can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss five more episodes from the Zeta Project. Those being Hunt in the Hub, Rose Gift, Lost and Found, Eye of the Storm, and Quality Time. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast. 